Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we break down the first full week of Major League Baseball and hoping that we still have many more to go, one of those very storylines that we'll talk about in our podcast today. Uh, As always, we are brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. It was a uh, another excellent weekend out at the uh, uh, the popcorn wagon, eh, Corey? This was the busiest weekend we've had in. Almost a month, so and then we're we're shutting down next weekend. My vacation for the summer, my one week vacation, and I'm I'm ready for it. So don't come hungry and leave happy this week. Well, you're gonna have to wait a week, but uh, it was so busy we ran out of a lot. We ran out a lot of uh, stuff, which doesn't usually happen around there. So that's good. As they say, absence makes the heart that's grow right. fonder. Absence so makes uh, the heart grow fonder. Uh, we'll look forward to the the return and an additional week with that. Enjoy that. Uh, uh, Good vacation time. The weather is gorgeous in Wisconsin right now. I am very happy with the mid-70s. I never complained of that. Uh, So we're actually headed for another uh, good week with that. So we'll take that as long as we can get it. And we'll take baseball as long as we can get it. Uh, There's uh, a lot of guys, as we expected with this, uh, there's a lot of guys that are dealing with the injuries. We knew that was going to be outside of COVID itself, the biggest challenge to this year, trying to ratchet back up with a a spring training summer camp that didn't feel the same in much shorter fashion. Injuries were going to be a challenge. And man, we're going to spend a few minutes here talking about the, the walking wounded. Uh, And why don't we start with, uh, with, with your kicking off the list here, because we had a lot of names. Let's start with the one that came out first, right after we got done recording last week. And it's one of your guys. You mentioned him a couple times when we were doing previews, Corey Kluber, Traded this offseason from the Indians to the Rangers and got all of one inning for the Rangers before shoulder pains. Small muscle in his right shoulder flared up. It sounds like it won't require surgery. Best case scenario, though, four weeks to be reevaluated. We've only got 60 games in here. That sounds like he's done for the year to me. Well, and the challenge is the history of in, of recent history of injuries makes it hard to project anything from him at this point. Uh, it's sad to see a Cy Young uh, uh, talent uh, get derailed by injuries this much, but it's uh, right now you can't uh, uh, put a lot of stock and a lot of faith in what can come not only this year, but it's going to call in a lot of questions career-wise. But then you have Daniel Bard saying, hey, in seven <laughs> years you can come back. So there's always right. a chance. I guess he got some like plate. They they did an injection of platelets in the shoulder to try to speed up recovery. But even with that, I think that's that still was with the forty four week time period there. So don't expect Corey Kluber this year. But and the same goes for Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, one of the bigger, uh, one of the uh, raised the most awareness to other long term complications to testing positive for COVID with uh, myocarditis. Uh, heart issues as a, as a result of that. So he's now done for the year. Uh, that's that's confirmed, correct? That is confirmed. Myocarditis is inflaming the heart, so it, it, it enlarged, essentially, is what happened. And COVID is new for everybody. We we don't know. We're obviously not doctors. Neither one of us is a doctor. But even the but doctors. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express once. Yay. So. 
but even doctors don't know it here. They're just, they're learning as we go. And, you know, we've, we talked about Freddie Freeman and some of those players who've had COVID-19 and they're trying to recover from it. Well, Eduardo Rodriguez had it and it's got to the point where it affected his heart and who knows, he may never play again. So yeah, that's just, you, you pray for that one. Absolutely. And for, uh, Injuries that are uh, closer to home, or at least for teams that are near and dear to folks around here. Uh, Ryan Braun uh, going on the IL. I don't even know how I don't know how this happened. This one came out today as we're recording this, so they haven't played this weekend. We'll get to that, and this one is retroactive to the 30th of July, which is at this point four days ago, and it is an infected right index finger. So I don't know if he had a blister, if it is his fingernail he's had thumb issues in the past but this is an index finger but something in there and they put him on the 10 day dl or il sorry i'm gonna keep saying dl i don't know how many times i said it already said it right today i'm hoping i can stick with it throughout this entire segment good job but something happened there and he's been put on the il 10 days off and uh we we talked about justin verlander uh uh last time and uh the uh, astros are being hit by another big name uh roberto ozuna uh, just went on the IL today with the same type of elbow soreness. That's pretty much the kiss of death for any uh, pitcher in, in baseball. Uh, and hope that it's not uh, uh, super serious, but uh, that's another big blow to that Astros pitching staff. So no one's pulling for the Astros. We've talked about this, and we're going to talk about that later a little bit too, but no one is pulling for the Astros. Joe Kelly is not on that fan club he, either. He is not on that fan club. But the Astros have been hit as hard as anyone with injuries. You mentioned Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander, Roberto Azuna's got the arm injury. Their main relief pitcher setup man was Ryan Presley. He had elbow soreness like about three days before that, so he is also on the injured list. So is someone doing the voodoo doll on the uh, Astros with elbow soreness? Because that's be. all I'm hearing. That's three big guys. Dusty Baker likes the pitches. I mean, this is really early, but Dusty Baker, you wonder how much it's like. I don't know if it's some bullpen stuff. but is he sprinkling his elbow pixie dust on this team? What's going on? It's, it's not good, and... So I don't know who's going to close. I've seen like Chris Davinsky is mentioned and Cy Sneed, and they made some call-ups. I will say, did you watch Christian Javier make his big league debut against the Dodgers? I missed that. It was, it was impressive. So they, they've, they, they'll find a way to hopefully get through this. But right now, the By injuries committee. are mounting. The injuries are mounting. Defensive wizard Andrelton uh, Simmons, uh, uh, a very unfortunate injury ankle, correct? Just a... Fluke injury, too. So, Andrelton Simmons was running out a ground ball to first. Uh, this was last week. Stepped weird on first base. You see it all the time, unfortunately. It happens. Injured his ankle. Had to be carried off the field. Last I knew, they hadn't said exactly how bad it was. They did put him on the disabled list, but it was a... Or, man, I said it again. Injured list, but left ankle injury. Stepped weird on the base. Anytime you you're playing shortstop where you have to get down and put all that pressure on your ankle, it's got to be healed because you're gonna get you're gonna be pivoting off that foot a lot. And uh, reports from uh, the those that are covering the team are are saying that the stint could be short. He's optimistic that the that this latest ankle injury isn't as bad as last year's, uh, but it also starts concerning you as an athlete. Ankles are very tricky things, and once you start having a pattern of that. That can also become a, a, a chronic thing, so something that will be monitored moving forward. Uh, one of your uh, uh, unsung heroes has uh, bit the dust as well, Alex Wood. <sighs> Alex Wood, shoulder inflammation. I don't believe he ever – he got three innings before he got hurt. Um, just came over to the Dodgers. I picked him up in all those fantasy drafts I did for CBS. 
and three innings there. Shoulder got sore. The Dodgers have a weird way of in the past of kind of taking advantage of the injured list and bouncing pitchers in and out anyways. It didn't sound very serious. Hopefully it is just 10 days and he's back. They've found a way to get through with Dustin May and some of their young pitching talent that they have. So it could just be a way to do what they've always done and kind of manipulate the injured list. But he is on the IL right now. Injuries are always the concern with him ultimately. It's hard getting a full season out of him. So hopefully this is something small that still allows him to have uh, the chance for a a very positive year if healthy. That's always the question with him if healthy. Uh, Cardinals, uh, Mikolas, starting pitcher. So that's a flex flexor, sorry, a right flexor tendon is what he has, and he needs surgery on that, and I believe that's another, basically, an arm injury. Uh, that was going to keep him out for the rest of this season. Se- season ending, they announced it right away. Um, that's a pretty big blow to them. He was actually quite good for them last year, 344 ERA, and finished sixth last year in Cy Young voting, uh, probably to a lot of people's surprise. But he's not going to be around the rest of the year, so that puts a lot more pressure on that aging Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, who has now tested positive for COVID. So uh, the Cardinals are – they're in a world of hurt here because they've got to try to figure out what's going on in that entire team, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But Not only are they unclean, they're also hurt. Yeah. Uh, So uh, many, many jokes from Brewers fans going on with with that stuff. In in the right context, Mm -hmm. I'm not hoping no one is seriously harmed by any means. Uh, but uh, another uh, unfortunate story is Jose Leclerc. Here's a guy who, you know, so much promise two years ago, was considered one of the best young emerging arms in baseball, signed the nice contract extension. It was team-friendly, but also locked up security for him. Everyone talked about big things, and then injuries have derailed uh, that promising career. He was really good for a while for them, but grade two strain of the terrace major in his right shoulder. So I don't, I'm not a not a doctor. I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that he got basically the same thing that we talked about with Kluber, where they shot some platelets into there to give him some platelet rich plasma, 45 day injured list. So you're looking at the rest of the season more than likely there, even if it's as quick of a recovery as possible, it's probably not going to happen this year. The Rangers bullpen and we mentioned Kluber already. The Rangers' bullpen does not look pretty without him. I was looking through the Rangers' bullpen. Um, I think they're going to go with Nick Goody for the time being, but it's it's not great. As uh, He's uh, one of the only ones that may be able to live up to his name uh, for that uh, mm-hmm. bullpen. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Eric uh, Husmer's uh, off to a hot start and now getting that start derailed. So we're going to talk about hot players later. Eric Hosmer was on my list. I'm not going to talk about him now there, but he is the problem with Eric Hosmer has always been that he hits ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. And he has been elevating the ball at extremely good. I believe it was like 70% of the time, which is awesome because he's always made really hard contact, but there are still illnesses out in this world that aren't coronavirus or COVID-19. And that's what he's dealing with. They put him on the injured list as well, all the way retroactive to the 29th of July gastritis. So he's essentially got some type of a stomach bug, um, you just hope that he is better in 10 days, gets it back out there and keeps hitting. Launch angle is one of the biggest buzzwords in baseball in the last couple of years, and if he has unlocked that, that could completely uh, change uh, his ceiling uh, and could very well match the nice contract that he has as well. If the power comes around with that, early signs are promising, obviously very early. Uh, our AL batting champ, Tim Anderson, makes this list as well. Tim Anderson, shortstop for the White Sox. He was off to a very good start again. 
the White Sox were not playing all that well, but he was playing very well. And uh, strained his right groin. Uh, put him on the 10-day IL as well. You ho- soft muscle tears in an area like the groin for a player who plays shortstop again. You have to be able to pivot really quickly. That muscle tear like that is something that you can't, you have to make sure it heals all the way. You try to rush back from that, you just tear it worse. So it says 10-day IL. I would expect that to be three weeks. Yeah, you especially for a guy who has such a, a high ceiling and they have uh, big plans for this year as well and moving forward. So it's better to be cautious with that out of the gate than it is to you re-injure that, you're done for the year. So yes. you need to do this right the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wade Davis is another bullpen arm that's hit this list. So the Rockies bullpen have both Wade Davis and Scott Olberg. Wade Davis, right shoulder strain. That's all they've said so far. They put him on the 10-day IL. Uh, he was closing for the Rockies. The setting up with Scott Olberg, he was transferred from the 10-day to the 45-day, and he has blood clots in his right arm. So that's scary for his life. That's beyond just his baseball career. That can be devastating. Obviously, you hear people dying of blood clots, so we wish him all the best. And then, uh, you know, the the, the tricky uh, words to start this year always deal with uh, the different classification of uh, IL with the COVID-related symptoms. This one is not confirmed, but definitely a big name who's showing the symptoms but has not a confirmed positive case, Joey Votto. So the Reds had a weird week because early in this week on my list of injured players, I had Mike Moustakis and Nick Senzel because they were supposedly having covid and got put on the COVID IL, and then they protested it, um, essentially said, we haven't shown any signs, we think it's a false positive, and they won that, so they are back playing, and Musaka's had a couple home runs the other day, but now Joey Votto has been put on the IL, and it's being reported that he has the symptoms of COVID-19. <laughs> you know, I, it, we'll it's see. HIPAA laws, right? So if he doesn't want to reveal it, he, he doesn't have to, uh, but... That COVID injury list is is completely new, and uh, I don't even – I believe it is essentially not a time limit thing. It's essentially if you start to show positive tests, you can come back. But Juan Soto has shown a couple of negative tests and is yet to play because Washington, D.C.'s Department of Health has to clear you to play too. And so we're learning this as we go, just like the, MLB is making it up as they go along too. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll come to some of that, but at least a, a couple of positives uh, and a good positives, not type of yes. testing positives, but a couple of positives of names coming off this list. Clayton Kershaw made his uh, debut, five and two-thirds shutout innings. Uh, Dodgers are obviously happy to have him back. We always said the thing is Clayton Kershaw's back. Uh, it can be a positive or a negative. Right now, this one's a positive. Yeah, I didn't see the start today, but you said it was on his, on his game and... Hey, when, when he's on his game, they, they have a very good chance to win that day with that offense. And Mookie Betts finally got hot, although he got kind of nicked up today too, but it sounds like his finger's okay, so that's that's good to hear. Yeah, that's more of a, a minor one at least, but one to at least be uh, uh, keeping an eye out for. And I suppose before we get to, uh, well, we'll just say Arolis Chapman is back off the COVID list, so he's back going there, so that's good. Uh, the other name that was not mentioned, because it's not an injury, but he's out on paternity leave, Mike Trout. And by the way, uh, Mike Trout uh, is good at everything baseball-related, including baseball names. Uh, why don't you tell them, uh, now that it's made, been made public, what his son's name is? Mike Trout gave birth. Mike Trout, actually, he did not. His beautiful wife gave birth to Beckham Aaron Trout 
B A T, also known as Bat. I don't know if that was. I like to believe that was intentional because he would seem like the type to do that. Seven pounds, ten ounces, July thirtieth. So congratulations to the Trout family. Now, now to bring and it back to baseball, a new, a new bat in their uh, in their present. He has a baseball reference page. Somebody made him a baseball <laughs> reference page. The baby, not surprising in the slightest in it today's was, world. I looked it up and it was like Baby Trout was his nickname. I was like, that's awesome. But uh, congratulations to Mike Trout. Now the question is, will he come back? Um, that's that's kind of been the question since we started talking about this. Is does he come back? Because a lot he could opt out. He, he is very much a. Uh, a family man and family first, uh, and and that already the names were out there of a guy who was willing to walk away uh, for the sake of his family for this year. Uh, so now it there has been no current rumblings within it, but that would be a quick moving thing. It would not surprise me anyway uh, that that goes. So we'll wait and see on information there. Uh, but he if he doesn't opt out, two players this week did opt out as a result of what's been percolating around Major League Baseball. And despite the nice comeback, Yenis Cespedes just became public that he is opting out. Uh, and that's kind of a, a, a interesting uh, unknown story at this point. So that story was all today. And it it just reads like, Yenis Cespedes for, I, I'm glad, I hope he's healthy. I hope he stays healthy. But he's had some of these strangest storylines I've ever seen. But today... The Mets were playing a day game. He didn't show up. He, he essentially no called, no show to his job. And so they sent someone to check on him and his hotel. And there was some reports in the middle of the day that he was found dead. And thank goodness those became not true. But he packed up his things out of his hotel room and just flew the coop and had his agent call the Mets and say, mid-game, I'm opting out. So, you know, I, I, he's a free agent after this year. I would be, I'm actually would be surprised if Jonas Espedes ever plays again. I believe he's like 34 now. And yeah, he actually had a nice little start to the season, but chose to opt out and go live your life, I guess, back on that farm. Watch out for those, what was it, boar holes, wasn't yeah, it? Watch out for those boars. Uh, Lorenzo Cain of the Brewers, uh, the other big name that uh, opted out this week with a little more uh, warning than that, uh, than it was given with uh, Cespedes. But, uh, you know, that's a big blow to the Brewers' uh, uh, defensive uh talent as well as hoping for a, a bounce back uh, year uh, for him. Uh, definitely a big blow to the Brewers. Yeah, so he was actually off to a pretty good start. And like you said, the defense is what obviously is his calling card. The Brewers have, were very supportive, as you'd like to hear that they are in a case like this. He's cares about his family and, you know, get get out there, take care of your family first. And so he opted out of this season. He's still signed for a few more years. He'll be back if we, you know, hopefully beat COVID sometime. Uh in the meantime, I would expect Ben Gamble. I've heard a lot of people say Keon Broxton, which is my nickname for him because he strikes out so much. Keon, you like that one? I like that. That's Thank good. You. That's uh, good. But I, I would expect Ben Gamble to play a lot more in center field. And I've heard people talk about Corey Ray, who they drafted, I think, fourth overall a few years ago. I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's He just he also strikes out way too much to, to really get onto the field at this point. Uh, this is the team that's already – uh, yielding to the platoon in many ways. So I could see Broxton and Gamble uh, being another center field platoon as part of this. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we didn't talk about it before we uh, jumped on here, but also just remember we're in, in the final week when roster sizes are going to go down by two. That's going to be coming right. up at the end of this next week. So you're going to see rosters shrink uh, by two players on each team. 
uh, as we uh, move into the further into the season. That's so hard to believe because some of these teams have played three games. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. And so let, let's dive into the biggest storyline. It's uh, it's been a challenging week in baseball. Uh, we have twenty percent of the games in this first uh, first like ten days here. Twenty percent of the games have not been played, and it's because of two major breakouts that have happened: COVID breakouts, Miami Marlins, and St. Louis Cardinals. Let's start with the Marlins because that's the first one we heard about. So that was like right after we got done recording last Monday morning. So the Marlins, uh, we, I heard about Jorge Alfaro. And then before you knew it, it was, I believe they're the peaked at 16 players is what the I names heard. just kept coming. They just kept coming. And so the Marlins broke protocol. They, the rumor is they went to a club nightclub. I don't know if it was Lou Williams strip club, but it was also in Atlanta and they, hey, hey, they have they have good chicken wings there, apparently. I heard, yeah. And they contra- contracted coronavirus, and it spread rampantly. And then what it does is it doesn't just affect you, it affects the team you're playing. So then the Phillies have not played all week. Trust me, my fantasy team with Bryce Harper knows. But the Phillies have not played all week, and then it affects other teams. That, so then the Phillies couldn't play Baltimore, and then that threw off the Yankees. And it is a disaster when one of these teams gets it. Now, I believe the Marlins are scheduled to play Tuesday, right? I don't think they're playing tomorrow. They have had uh, back-to-back days of no new positives. That's that's what's come out today. The Marlins, though, the the thing is coming out is that there's a chance, you know, Rob Manfred said that there's not going to possibly be where every team gets to play 60 games, and it's going to go off of winning percentage. So the Marlins are leading that division at 2-1. And And the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the reports have come out. I don't know if anything's been confirmed yet, but Jerry Hairston Jr., uh, former player and uh, reported on, on things here, sent out on Twitter that uh, some Cardinals players went out to a casino. To a casino. So Carlos Martinez, I mentioned him. He has been reported as being the player that had it. It's apparently a bunch of, or I don't know about a bunch. I heard six people between staff and, and the players were pitchers. But that caused I, the Brewers did not play a home opener this weekend. They had they did not get one. I have not seen the Brewers play. So Lorenzo Cain opted out after not playing, and that's why I said Ryan Braun got hurt. He hasn't played in a few days, but they've kept practicing from what I've heard. But the Cardinals cannot play games right now, and um, it's that's happening too. I don't believe they had any new cases from what I heard today either. But you'd like to keep it that way. Here's my rant. Uh, on on this whole storyline. And it's just a microcosm of where we are as a country right now. Uh, And I'm not going to go political or anything within that, but the frustration here is this only works if everyone focuses together, if you have personal sacrifice and personal accountability. If people just go off and do what they want, Again, 20% of games. We haven't even made it through the first 10 days. 20% gone because someone has to go to a nightclub and someone has to go to a casino. You are messing with the financial lives of every single player. And what I want to see is it can't be Major League Baseball at the top coming down on players. We already had nasty negotiations going on leading into this year. It's time for the players' union to step up and police your own because it's your own that's threatening your financial livelihood. Uh, What I would do right now is support any player that breaks protocol, you're done for the year. You are suspended for the year. That's why they had those 60-player 
pools to pick from, right? You can't mess around with this uh, because of how much it's their selfish attitude can bring uh, not only just the financial livelihood, but you're talking health issues here. You're talking safety issues here. And for no one has a good reason why, why to do this. So at the end of the day, I would love to see players come out as strong as they did on the Astros mm. and state, we are in favor and and are asking Major League Baseball to put in effect a full season suspension for anyone that is found to break protocol because that's the only way you're going to stop this nonsense. And if they don't take this seriously, this season will never make it to the end of the month, let alone the end of the year. We saw there was rumors that Rob, Rob Manfred talked to the teams and said, essentially tomorrow, where we're recording this on Sunday night, Monday, it could be the last day. And where there was rumors that he told ESPN plan alternate programming. And so, you know, I, I love baseball. I watched as much of it as I could just in case this is getting, it's getting close. There's, there's certainly a chance that this is not going to make it much longer. Uh, we, we didn't mention I say Diaz is a second baseman for the Marlins who didn't catch it. And he opted out in the middle of this too. So he actually said, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. You guys messed this up at this point. I'm out of here. So Isan Diaz is not as nearly as well known as the guys we mentioned, but he opted out of this just because he followed protocol they didn't, and he wants out. So I told you before we started, though, I got an over-under for you. Ready for this one? Yeah. Marlins wins are positive COVID cases. <laughs> uh, it's got more. You know, if, if I would have, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we would have said Baltimore would have been the interesting one uh, uh, for that one. Uh, but I'll say over with Marlins wins, and my reason for that is they have enough egg on their face to begin the year with this. I don't think you're going to see another breaking protocol from them. Good. Uh, so I, Good. I think that's going to be the, the lesson there. Uh, and so I think that's going to happen. But, uh, well, I need a flip-flop. I hate to be a – I said I wasn't going to talk politics, but I'm going to be a politician right now. I'm going to flip-flop because the the breakouts are massively jumping up for the positive cases. You're going to have more positive cases than you will games played. Uh, so as now, unless you're saying on the, on the team, if you're saying Marlins team positive and Marlins team wins, then I'll say, I'll go the over okay. on wins. Okay. But if you're saying overall in baseball, then uh, uh, positive I, cases. I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. That makes sense to me. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at on our list here? I don't know where we're at. Well, uh, what goes with this then is the way the baseball is, is handling, uh, all of these games that are being postponed oh. is we're going college style. We're doing seven inning double headers. That's yeah. probably the storyline that would connect well with this. And uh, any, any, uh, when you first heard that, any reaction to it or just uh, a lot of people have just been indifferent saying, well, it's already a weird year. And with what's going on, why not? At this, this year I'm fine with it. We're going to need to figure out a way to try to get some of these games in. You know, this is another one. Don't the DH can stay in the national league. I'll be fine with that. Don't do this. I don't need seven inning double headers in a normal year. Get it back to nine innings. Uh, it was supposed to be the first one was supposed to be today in Milwaukee, but that got canceled. So uh, because of the Cardinals, and I don't know when there's. I'm sure there's one scheduled this week, or if there's not, uh, if there isn't now, by the end of the week there very well could be because we're literally just making this up as we go, and that's literally how it's going here. This doesn't even count rainouts. You know, all the, all the no. normal stuff that can cancel a game. That's right. The the Tigers. Did the Tigers play a double? The Tigers played a doubleheader today. I don't know if it was a seven. It should have been a seven inning game. I didn't check that. But the Tigers and the Reds played a doubleheader today because they had a rainout yesterday. The seven inning doubleheaders. It's weird. It's kind of quirky. But 
it's going to be baseball this year. And if it means that they can get in 60 full games because they only play seven innings, I'm fine with it. Are you checking? Yeah, I'm trying to see. We have yep, final seven. Uh, yep. So okay. uh, doubleheader game one, Reds beat the Tigers four to three. Uh, and I am trying to see if there's uh, where game two is or if it hasn't happened yet. Yep, doubleheader game two. Uh, so this is a full red sweep. Uh, Reds won four to nothing in game two. So that was that one was that one was not Corona based. That one was yesterday. There was rain and Trevor Bauer. Did you see his comments? He was not pleased uh, with MLB as, as he is prone to be. He, he, he never is. He was not pleased. He essentially called him bush league uh, because it was about ten minutes before the game was supposed to start. He'd already warmed up that they canceled it. And that got him furious because he said that didn't happen in college or the minor leagues. So I, I that was a rain out one. And as usual, Trevor Bauer was candid. As, as is, it's kind of appreciated. I don't mind that he's a little candid. So. Well, he was as fired up on the mound as he was on he's Twitter. Awesome. Uh, complete game. I say that with quotation marks well, in my hand right now. Games. Seven innings, two hits, seven strikeouts, no runs. So he has an ERA in his first couple of starts here, 0.68. Uh, so he's doing just fine. Uh, Remember when there wasn't going to be any complete games? Now Trevor Bowers got one. Kyle Hendricks has one. Garrett Cole has one. Max Scherzer has one. Now some of those are like five innings, seven innings, but they're just piling up left and right around here. It's uh, a wild, uh, wild <laughs> and crazy uh, year. Uh, let's talk about another fired up uh, situation, and that's uh, uh, let's talk about our friend Joe Kelly, uh, who, by the way, has now probably produced uh, the most used meme on uh, social media. When it comes to uh, the, the the face he made going off the field, I'll at least have some fun with that. A lot of people have. That's going to be a great name to use for many different situations. Uh, but we talked about before the in our season preview, uh, were we going to see teams going at the Astros after the, the COVID stuff? Was that going to has things calmed down, or was this going to be just as much as it was? And honestly, I thought that things would taper off at least somewhat. It has not. And here was the big example uh, of that not happening. He technically didn't even hit anyone. No, no, he uh, didn't. Uh, we told you last week in our preview, if you listen to us, watch the Astros and the Dodgers. Not for that reason, but we said that'd be the series hey, to that watch. Was the, that was the series that of the was week. that was the series to watch. So Joe Kelly, uh, 3-0 count against Alex Bregman. He had missed the plate a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit. And then he threw one a little bit behind his head at 98 miles an hour. And Alex Bregman took it like a champion, walked to first, didn't do anything about it. He, For, for all the talk that we've had about Alex Bregman, not showing remorse, he didn't say a whole lot. He just walked to first, which takes a pretty strong man. And then Carlos Correa later on, he gets one up by the face. Eventually he strikes out on a very nice breaking ball down and away. And uh, Joe Kelly chirps at him, says some words that I'm not going to repeat on here. And uh, Carlos Correa takes offense to that, which, uh, understandable, I would take offense to that too. Bench is clear. There's no fights officially, but it's not what MLB wants when you can't be too close to each other. So MLB lays down the law here. We're 60 games in. Joe Kelly doesn't actually hit anyone. Eight-game suspension. Personally, I detest the unwritten rules of baseball. They drive me nuts. I don't like it. I've said since we started talking about the Astros – I don't want them to get hit. Just beat them. Now, Joe Kelly doesn't actually hit him, but I, I'm fine with the eight-game suspension, and I'm probably, I know, like, in the public eye, that is, people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. Eight games and 60? 
I'm fine with it. I wish from now on all of those types of situations would result in bigger suspensions. Ultimately, I take it as it was a strategic move by baseball because nearly everything that gets proposed, when it goes to mediation, uh, it always gets reduced. Mm -hmm. So when you go to eight, what are you trying to do? You're trying to say you're going to miss at least one start. That's the point here. So we can go from eight to five, and it doesn't change the punishment. So ultimately, uh, they left themselves wiggle room to make sure that he has to miss. I'm sorry, that's a relief pitcher. I'm thinking starter. Uh, A turn or two, right? Yeah. yeah, The the point there is uh, that they expect it to go down. That's what happens every time with this. But they, they made it serious enough. They tried sending a message across baseball. Knock it off. And people are mad because the Astros didn't get they didn't get any suspension. And I, I get it. Like, that's a problem, too. They should have had to deal with something. But hit him in the butt. Like, hit him in the thigh. There's a lot of if meat down there. If you can't do it right, then don't do it. Like, we, we mentioned this before and the argument with this. Like, upper thigh, fine. Sure. If, if you, you can control it well enough yep. and do it. You can kill someone up by the head. You got to, again, safety still has to be a concern here. And uh, if you want to actually still keep the unwritten rules of baseball, you have to do it right or you will lose it. That's, and I'd be fine with, I said, the unwritten rules, they're just annoying to me. Uh, The Astros, sure, I get that they cheated. They should have been penalized. Major League Baseball should have penalized them harder than they did. And now there's a, I, I, I read it a little bit. There's news coming out that baseball is going to be able to punish electronic sign stealing in a new way. The commissioner will have that authority. There's some more that needs to be hashed out a little bit more before we're going to talk about that. But hopefully that he should be the one giving the punishment. It should not be on the players to patrol themselves. Yeah, it's a – I don't think, again, teams are just going to have to be more discreet with it. And, uh, again, you you had – 3-0 up by the face is not discreet. No, uh, that's uh, taking switch, sweet chin music yeah. to the extreme. Uh, but this was a big, this wasn't just done. Uh, I don't think anyone, not just any team is going to do this. You have to understand Cody Bellinger was very vocal in saying that this cost them. Like This was a uh, something that uh, very much upset uh a lot on this, a lot of players on this team, and so there is bad blood here immensely. And you have two uh, heavyweights, uh, and so this was sent. A lot of messages were sent here with this. Dodgers made it very clear. Baseball made it very clear. And so this is part of the early season buildup uh, to what could be something later on at the end of the season. But ultimately, if if they don't get that matchup, the Dodgers were going to make sure they got their message sent. And they should have. Like, I get what I get. What the Dodgers were doing, I understand it. It doesn't mean I agree with it. I will. I will back Major League Baseball on this one. Eight games is appropriate to me. Like you said, Joe Kelly will appeal it. It'll probably be five. He'll maybe miss twice of pitching. He's pitching right now. I think. I don't think it's the appeal has not happened. Or he appealed it already. So and it hasn't been ruled on yet. So I believe he's pitching right now. I think that is correct. Uh, next on our list, uh, some fun stuff. We have uh, uh, debuts. We talk oh, about yes. players that are. Uh, uh, having injury issues and other things going on, but uh, there's been some fun debuts that came this week. Nate Pearson, who we have been touting uh, from our prospect coverage and leading into the year, our rookie rookie of the year being mentioned as a possibility there, uh, as good as advertised. Uh, what did you think of his debut? I watched all 75 pitches from Nate Pearson, and it was it was glorious. He did not touch triple digits. 
He didn't need to. Uh, five innings, two hits, five Ks. Going up head-to-head against Max Scherzer, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer in his career. And he pitched him do pitch for pitch. Now, Scherzer went longer. They're more willing to do that with an older arm like Max Scherzer than they are with Nate Peterson. But Nate Peterson's stuff was awesome. He, without putting out a whole lot of effort, routinely 98 miles an hour with a fastball, just a ridiculous slider. I, I think he got all of his strikeouts on the slider. There was one inning I don't think he threw a fastball if he didn't need to. It was almost all breaking stuff. Sliders and change-ups and... I'm all in on Napiers, and I, I think he's going to be – I've talked about Hyunjin Ryu would struggle for that team, and I love Hyunjin Ryu, and I'm sure he'll get it together, but Nate Pearson is going to be the ace of that team next year. I think at some point I, I, there just needs to be a segment on everything I got wrong so far because <laughs> I, 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 I could have enough there uh, to fill a segment at this point, which is always fun to do predictions for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've definitely approached the, uh, uh, the Madden cover <laughs> level – of, of being the kiss of death for saying something's going to happen and the exact opposite takes place. He'll turn it around. I, I have confidence in Ryu. I, I watched his start the other day. He got bad, but really bad against, what day was it, the Yankees? Was it? it doesn't matter, but he'll turn around. But Nate Pearson, real deal, one more year, Nate Pearson takes over the ace of that team because I, I'm all in right now. I, I very much agree with that. He's got the two impressive pitches that play off each other. He's got the the high-octane fastball uh, that uh, is needed in the AL East. Uh, for We know how many hitters are, are in that division. Uh, he has the talent to do it, and another guy who has the, uh, uh, the talent to do it uh, is uh, he's not on our debut list, but I'm just going to bring him up here real quickly, Luis uh, Robert, oh, uh, oh yeah. You want to talk about someone who's been uh, jumping in right out of the gate? The exit velocity on some of his—he uh, has the two highest uh, in baseball right now, uh, two highest hits with with his EV. And uh, I bring him up as a way of I'll kind of connect it together with Nick Madrigal uh, is the next big name on that. Uh, uh, elite farm system from the Chicago White Sox that is coming up to the majors. Future is now in that system. So Luis Robert has been up since the beginning. We talked about him. He was my pick for rookie of the year. I'm, I mean, it was kind of the free space almost, but he's going to happen. I think he almost had the cycle yesterday. I, they, they moved him up. They started him batting seventh or eighth in the lineup. He's already moved up to first bat and lead off. He's going to park himself in that spot for a long time, I think. Maybe maybe when Tim Anderson gets back, they'll try to move him down, but he's not moving that far down the lineup. He almost had the cycle last night. Nick Madrigal's been up for two days. I remember mentioning Nick Madrigal when we talked prospects. People say the bat's going to get knocked out of his hands. He's tiny, like five foot five, not big. He struck out 21 times in 628 minor league at-bats. 21 times. Ronald Laguna, I believe, has struck out 16 times already this season. So he started off cold. Uh, the first couple days he didn't have a hit. And I saw all the the Twitter people are like, oh, he's never, he's going to get the bat knocked out. He's never going to hit. He went four for five today. He went four for five. He's going to be just fine. It's not, a, he has no power at all. He's, he may never hit a home run this season, but the average is there. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. White Sox fans should love it. I, I'm, I like Nick Madrigal too. He's not Luis Robert. He doesn't have that in, incredible. Luis Robert's skill set is, like Mike Trout levels if he hits it all together. Nick Madrigal is, I've seen a lot of people say he's David Eckstein going back away just because he's short and he can hit like that. But, you know, if he turns into David Eckstein, White Sox are going to love that too. So We're not only going to see debuts of, of players that we expect that were playing in AAA uh, last year, uh, but because of the unique situation in no minor league baseball, some teams will take this as an opportunity to bring up even younger players to at least get them some innings as well as a, just a, a taste of 
uh, of to get it, where are they currently in their development? And the, the Detroit Tigers are a textbook team that can uh, afford to do that this year in the middle of their rebuild. And so one of their highly touted prospects, Casey Mice, uh, Ron Gardenhire mentioned uh, that it almost happened. Uh, and it's just a matter of time that he comes into a game now. I think if there wasn't a rain out yesterday, we would have got to we would have gotten to see Casey Mize today. Um, because of the rain out, they switched it around, and Daniel Norris got called up. But the question was something a reporter asked him something like, "Who are you? Who are we going to see pitch on Sunday?" And Ron Gardner's response was, uh, "I think you know," and kind of winked, and everybody was all hyped up. Casey Mize. Uh, one of the other top-end AL pitching prospects. I didn't think we would see Casey Mize this year just because I thought he was a year away, but I he's 23 already, so he also has like a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and was the first pick overall a couple years ago. It's probably not far away when you hear people start talking like that, and he could come up, and the Tigers are looking really good, which is surprising, but they've looked really good so far. Yeah, we'll bring them up and uh, coming up in a, a different segment here uh, to talk more in depth of some uh, surprising teams, surprising starts. Uh, no other major early call-ups are there yet, but there's a couple of names that are out there as being possibility soon. So the Marlins are planning to call up Monty Harrison. Uh, Brewers fans should know Monty Harrison. He was one of the players that got traded for Christian Yelich. Monty Harrison is an outfield prospect for the Marlins, and I believe he is expected to make his major league debut this week in Baltimore. The Royals called up a couple of players. Uh, Brady Singer made it, he's pitched twice now for them. Pretty high end pitching prospect too. And Chris Bubik they called up, who was in I believe he's never pitched above high A or at tops it was double A, and so that one was really out of left field. But the Royals are being really aggressive this year with their prospects. So we said the Royals were expected to be a pretty bad team, and they're still not playing great, but they've been really aggressive this year, and they're taking advantage of the short year. I kind of like it. You might as well at this point, just a a chance to – I mean, you're not going to – for those that care about service time, you're really not going to ding much of that with it because you're getting service time anyways the way this year is going. So just coming up for a little bit, you might as well – get a chance to see what's part of your future and, and it gives them on the job training that other and a, and a low pressure environment uh, you normally don't get this opportunity so the teams that are being proactive with this to see hey can we have a chance to see how they respond to uh, MLB talent because it's it's hard sometimes for some players when they excel in the minors and you have your coaches that are telling you hey you still need to work on this or uh or if you're disagreeing with them when you have the results there sometimes it falls on on uh, deaf ears you bring them up it's okay if they get shelled a little bit because it makes the coach's uh, advice more effective mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's an excellent way to find out where they stand in their development and can help them overall now you can easily ruin a player if you don't do this right with player development uh, but this can be a very good learning opportunity for some Somebody who is learning on the job. We've talked about, I believe this is another one of your picks again. Jesus Cesardo is scheduled to make his first career start this week. He's pitched a couple times already this year out of the bullpen and been very good. The last I watched his game earlier this week. I think he pitched like, he threw 75 pitches in relief. So he's ready to start. That's that's plenty to start. And other than some bad defense that he actually caused and caused some unearned runs, the slider looks really good. So if you, if you haven't seen Jesus Cesardo pitch, it is, it's fun because that slider can move a lot. And uh, we'll see. I think his, he's scheduled to start, I think, Wednesday. I think that's one of those. I was trying to remember who he's going up against, but that's one of the better pitching matchups of the week. And that'll be something added at the end of our uh, podcast today. Not only do we have a couple of uh, 
key series to watch, but I've been uh, kind of doing some scouting on some good uh, pitching matchups. Nice. i got to give you something to look forward to uh, this week and uh, do a what-to-watch for type of deal. So, absolutely. Uh, there's been one... Uh, you want to talk about knee-jerk reactions. Atlanta Braves uh, decided they're pulling the plug uh, on a player, a guy getting DFA'd in the first week of the year. Uh, why don't we talk about that? A guy that pitched for them in the playoffs last year. I believe he was like their day two starter. So Mike Fultonevich uh, came out this year. This was against your Rays, and I'm not mistaken. And yes. he was not pitching particularly well that game. And the weird thing is the velocity was way down. He was only throwing about 90 miles an hour that game. And usually he's 95 plus, and then the changeup works off of it. So if he's only throwing 90, the changeup wasn't there. And it was a rough start. Now, I certainly didn't expect him to get DFA'd. Uh, last year he was six and one. He only in his last ten starts he went six and one to two sixty five ERA, punching out fifty five and fifty seven innings. That's off of I got that off of Jim Bowden. So I I was shocked. And then nobody claimed him, so he's down at triple or what would be triple A, but uh, no team traded for him. I I was shocked. I thought Boston was like surefire making a move here because this would be the type of guy that you think you get a pitching coach, maybe get him, maybe he's lost his confidence. I don't know, but. A guy that pitched in the playoffs for you last year in game two, you'd think you'd have a little longer leash than one bad st- start and the strangest season ever. Yeah, this was a, I guess what's also interesting or uh, telling, uh, now part of it is is financial, uh, but no one claimed. Yeah, I uh, couldn't believe that. I, I would think that because his salary still wasn't so expensive, but no one wants to take on uh, salary right now for a reclamation project, especially uh, so he's back in their uh, in their camp, and uh, someone else is, the best. We didn't talk about this before the podcast started. Someone else is back in their camp. Did you see that Nick Markakis opted in? He that's right. I didn't he know did you could do in. that. Did you know you could do that? The uh, and we're making this up as we go. We've been I'd, saying that all along, and so uh, I he thought is, you were out. Like I could not believe that. I, we didn't talk about that before we even started. But yeah, Nick Markakis is back in. So they Yasiel Puig was going there, and who knows what he's maybe he'll go to the Mets. Who knows? But Yasiel Puig didn't show up, and Nick Markakis said. I don't know if he was bored in quarantine or it's just he's coming back to play baseball, I guess. He was one of the first ones to opt out. So yeah. I'm thinking once you had a chance to see how everything went, uh, he he doesn't want to retire. He doesn't want his career to be done. But we're just in the current circumstance that we are. And I think he feels, which is interesting, he might be one of the only ones that feels confident in coming back in this climate. But, hey, if it works, uh, good luck to him. As always, would rather have a guy in baseball uh, doing this versus this being the reason why not. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. he even did it. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, you have a uh, cold as ice team uh, as we wrap up our, our major like the storylines of this past week. And you assembled a team of guys that if you would say their name, if this would be your fantasy team, you'd be very <laughs> happy about. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, this is a lot like your current fantasy team. Uh, and why don't you uh, walk us through this? So let's start with a pitcher that I think you mentioned him as a, everybody was talking about this guy in summer camp and how he was turning it around. And this was going to be the trade ship of the summer. And Robbie Ray looks very much like Robbie Ray as the starting pitcher. So Robbie Ray's lost two games. He's got eight innings pitched. He's already walked nine. He is 0 and two. And it's been rough. He's already given up three home runs. Robbie Ray looks every bit the same that Robbie Ray has always looked. Shout out to, as an honorable mention here, another friend of yours, Shohei Otani got on the mound today, 
Uh, it was better than last week in that he retired some bladders, but another very, very rough start from Shohei Otani today. Uh, I believe it was one and two-thirds of an inning and uh, another couple, two, three, four more earned runs. Are you getting worried yet? It's just hard to understand where things have gone so wrong. Uh, now, I think a lot of this is to do with after Tommy John, you're coming back and you don't have a normal arm build up towards it. Uh, at this point, I'd be awfully careful about wanting to pull the plug uh, on the pitching uh, and just stick to uh, to DH and trying to get that going because uh, I I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but at, you don't want to damage his confidence at this point, and we're getting close to a uh, what's worth ultimately what's worth this year. So I, I didn't see that start either. Apparently he recorded all three outs in the first inning, and he was throwing hard again, 97 miles an hour. That's that's awesome. That means that the arm is hopefully better. But second inning, walk, 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 strikeout, strikeout, walk, walk. That's rough. He can't. That's what we're talking about. That's what we've heard all the time since summer camp started. Is he cannot control. And if you are going to walk numbers like that, don't work. So Shohei Otani and Robbie Ray would be my all cold starting pitchers at catcher. I believe Gary Sanchez has one hit. I that's that's rough. Gary Sanchez for the Yankees. That's all we got. One hit. There's there's more of them coming. Uh, Josh Bell, the Pirates, the only Pirate perhaps that's a notable name going into this year was Josh Bell, and it, it's been a rough start there too. He's hit the ball hard a couple times. I was looking at some of the batting data for him, but he's five for 31. He does have a home run, but 182 on base percentage. Yikes. We're, it's still early. It can change in a heartbeat, but that's rough. I, I have a challenge for us for this year because it's perfect for what we're okay. – uh, th- this type of year that's already all up in the uh, in the air anyways. Uh, our challenge for this year that I'm, I'm putting out for us now for every week that we do this podcast – What's one positive thing we can say about the Pittsburgh Pirates? You got one coming uh, so up. Here, I do so have you, you, you one. Got so us covered today. I, I got us covered today. Okay. But here's our challenge for the rest of the year: Can we find one positive that we can talk about the Pittsburgh we'll Pirates? Because we have uh, many negatives. Uh, yes. Cole's second baseman. Well, we already talked about his teammates getting thrown at. Altuve didn't get thrown at, but he's not started off very well. He's six for thirty-two. Uh, he's drawn some walks. I, that'll turn around. It's not been as bad as some of these other positions. Uh, shortstop Bregman. He got thrown at, and he's also been really, really cold. I believe he hit a home run today, so maybe he's starting to come out of it. But he's also 6 for 32. Not good. Not good when you're hearing a lot of players on the same team. No. Uh, the, the, the Astros have had a rough start. Eugenio Suarez, I believe we mentioned him. 49 home runs last year. The coldest 49, or the, the most least heralded 49 home runs in baseball last year. By a long shot. He has started off 2 for 25. Not good. Not great. Uh, other than Eugenio Suarez, then we move to the outfield. We talked about Christian Yelich last week. Guess what? He has no more hits than that one he had last week. Now, he doesn't play so many days, but he is now one for 27. That is 037, and he's got an 071 on base percentage. The the concern is this is exactly how summer camp went. Yep. Uh, so whatever slump he is in, he has not been able to figure this out yet. Now, maybe... Maybe he's the one who benefits the most from having the days off, the mental break. Maybe that's exactly what what he needs to get out of out of this funk. Uh, but whatever it is, ain't working right now. The person that beat him for MVP last year, I believe he hit a home run today too. But Cody Bellinger going into today was five for thirty six. He was at one thirty nine. I believe he hit a home run today. So hopefully he's getting out of it. But he made my list. Hunter Pence. 
hasn't had a hit yet. Over oh, 22, I believe. He, I believe he is the one who has the most at-bats. He rounds out my all-cold team. He is 0 for 23, sorry. He has not gotten in hit yet. And he kind of had a little race resurgence last year, had a nice little career. You hope it still keeps going. He hope he figures it out. But uh, was it last year or a couple years ago when Chris Davis started off like 0 for 50? So you hope that Hunter Pence doesn't start like that. Uh, Bellinger did get a home run today. He's Good. up to a 150 batting average. Uh, and uh, Mookie Betts also had a home run today and a double, two for three. He was uh, with an RBI. His, until a couple days well. ago, he was close to that list. He got he got hot this series, so they kind of put a slaughtering on the Diamondbacks yesterday. It was like nine to three or something yesterday. It was rough. So, and, di- and sorry, you go for it. No, I was just gonna say that leads us into uh, if we look at uh, teams as we start looking at hot starts, surprising starts, and concerning starts. Uh, you can definitely put the Dodgers up there as good as advertised, seven and three in their first ten games. Uh, I'm just going to rattle through some teams on hot starts and then feel free to just jump in with what uh, comments after I mention the teams, what do you think about the hot starts? But we have the Dodgers at 7-3, and three, the Braves at 7-3, and three, Cubs at 7-2, and two, and Colorado at 6-2. and two. That's for the NL. And then the two other like big uh, American League teams, Yankees 6-1 and one, and Minnesota 7-2. and two. Well, let's see here. Which ones can we predict? I thought the Yankees would be good, and they look very good. That's That's expected. Minnesota's offense is just murdering the ball left and right, and their pitching is good enough. Now, they, we, Homer Bailey got hurt for them. I believe he went on the deal. I don't know if we mentioned him. Maybe not quite as big of a name, but that, that could hurt. But when you have an offense, and it seems like they just rack them up in, like, bursts. Miguel Sano was close to being on the list, but he hit two home runs yesterday. He was really cold, but they that team can score with any team in the game. Uh, Atlanta? Atlanta was hard, right? Because we've talked about Atlanta. They got hit as hard as anyone with COVID. They were a team yep. early on. I would have talked up Atlanta, but the Nationals have not played up to what I thought they would. And Atlanta looks awesome so far. So uh, you've seen them more than I have because they played your Rays. So I have seen Freddie Freeman start to break out of his uh, his funk and uh, against uh, yeah, Acuna was really they're winning this. Yeah. Acuna was close to being on my list too, but he got a home run yesterday too. But he was also really cold for a while. And and we expected like we noticed on a lot of our players that we talked about. Uh, well, granted, again, we're looking at positions and and a team to begin with. But mm-hmm. you're going to have more hitters than pitchers on this list initially. We knew that hitters were going to be behind pitching at this point. Uh, and now, like even today, we mentioned a lot of these names. All of a sudden, like they had a good game today. And now, yeah, they you can have maybe one and not so much. But it seems like the it's starting to turn. Like, we might be starting to finally get into where we'd want players to be at the beginning, but, you know, with the shortened uh, uh, summer camp spring training uh, makes that more more difficult. So hopefully some of these guys are starting to shake out of their funks. Uh, for teams, there's only a couple of, like, yeah, the Braves are, are surprising. I Cubs uh, is, is definitely one in terms of, uh, we've always said the talent was there, but not playing up to it. They're doing that right now. And uh, now again, I do not remember their series who they've played against. Uh, you know, obviously that comes into play too. So they played the Brewers, the Reds, and the Pirates. They've won two of three against the Brewers, two of three against the Reds, and they swept the Pirates. Um, they get Kansas City next, so that should be good for them. They, they've they've come out hot. Uh, their pitching has been really good so far. The even some of the guys we talked about the top end three a lot, and and Lester, Darvish, and Kendricks, and Kendricks, and. Uh, Tyler Chatwood looked really good to him, and Alec Mills looked really good. So if that happens, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. Colorado is obviously the, the most surprising name on this list. Uh, and I looked up a little bit more. 43 runs scored is, is solid. 
only 24 runs that's given the, up. That's the that's number. That's the surprising part, right? You always expect the the hitting to be awesome, and they, they weren't even on the home. I think they've only played a couple of home games, but the pitching has been really surprising early on. They came out, and they've taken on the Athletics, the Rangers, and the Padres. So I, I they, they beat the Athletics two games in a row. That's, that's really impressive. But I, I don't expect that to last. I for their sake, that would be great if it did. They beat my Padres two games in a row, so. And they would could easily, I put them on hot start. They easily could be in the, in the surprising start list, and that's what we're looking at here. I got two teams that uh, uh, that very much fit that right now. Detroit 5-4, and four, Baltimore 5-3. and three. <laughs> the, uh, You start with Baltimore. You just watched them sweep the uh. Rays, so let's, let's hear it, because I, I did not watch any, I have tried to avoid watching Baltimore, because I thought it'd be rough, but. They I'm, beat your Rays three in a row. I, I've been very busy this weekend where I didn't get a lot of baseball watching in, and it looks like I didn't miss much, from my perspective anyways. Uh, this goes into, uh, like, the Rays are on my list of concerning teams uh, here with this, but Baltimore, uh, they had a great weekend. Uh, and uh, teams like this are, are the ones that can benefit the most because there's no pressure. It's just go out and play and try to win some games. Uh, and this was a... Uh, for them, like they're already on on pace for well more wins than we ever anticipated. Uh, for them, what was there over under for them? Twenty, like, twenty five. I don't even know if it was that high. I did. I was low. It was like fifteen ish. I I thought that was the worst team in baseball on paper, yep. and they've yep. they've come out and they've said let's play some games. And Renato Nunez, Rio Ruiz, some of these guys that you didn't think anything of, and they've been red hot hitting the ball. So keep it up, right? It's. I mean, it's not going to last. Famous last words, but like you look at that ro- that roster, it's it's. They're off to a nice start. Good for them. So this way you're not at a historic low. It allows baseball or baseball fans in Baltimore to at least enjoy some fun here with this too. Uh, but uh, you know, Detroit as well. That's a uh, Let's talk that's some a surprising start. Let's talk some fun with Detroit. Today they had a relief pitcher, Tyler Alexander. Set a, a big league record. Came in in long relief and struck out nine. The first nine batters he faced today against the Reds. Most strikeouts consecutively in the game. That's awesome. And they've played really well, which uh, that was another team that we had very little hopes for. Uh, it's been kind of some resurgences out of players that you didn't expect. A lot of CJ Crown has been really good for them so far, uh, hitting home runs at least. And Nico Goodrum, Jacoby Jones, some of these guys that maybe not so much big names, but good ball players. And they've come out and they've said, we're going to win some games here. Now, I don't believe they've gotten to deal with either the Indian no they did play the Indians I think as I say the the twins or the Indians but they may have already played the Indians no they played the Reds twice in Kansas City so we'll see the the teams to beat in that division still still reside in Cleveland and Minnesota think of it this way Cincinnati Reds was our pick to be uh the NL Central and Detroit has uh drummed them more than than not uh, and Detroit now is is five and five. I was saying five and four, but four, yeah, but I wasn't counting their second doubleheader. Doubleheader there, uh, but uh, the Reds are under five hundred right now too. Uh, and uh, I saw someone say the Reds' offense socially distanced. It's quarantining. The Reds, the pitching has been everything that we thought it would be. The Reds' offense has been. Un- inconsistent, and we'll get to them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that kind of gets us into the, uh, a team that definitely fits the uh, the concern list as we move in, into that. 
that offense, there's at least one name that has been as good as advertised, and we'll talk about him when we talk about the individual players. But Cincinnati is definitely not the, the start they wanted. Offense is the, the reason there. Now, we know they've been interrupted with COVID-related things. That doesn't help things. Uh, Moustakas, Senzel, Nalvado, I, that's all going to be there. Plus, and your all-cold list was uh, uh, Eugenio Suarez. So, you know, that's... We've listed enough names where you can easily paint a picture uh, for what the challenge is. Uh, Washington starting out slow, three and four, uh, and uh, uh, again, it, it's early. This is uh, like a essentially a five hundred week, right at or pretty close to. Uh, so not a not a big deal, but still not the start that you'd want. Uh, the Mets three and seven. Yeah, the Mets. Man, step on up and Mets. meet the Mets. We talk the Mets. It should be better than that. It should be better. They have a pretty good team on paper, but it just doesn't seem to work. They were shut out today. They left 13 men on base. 13 men on base. They've had some leads, and their bullpen has been abysmally bad. Edwin Diaz, I believe he came in in the seventh today. I don't think Clean he's inning, the closer other, other than a Other than a walk, uh, good. one inning, no hits, no runs. Uh, definitely a confidence booster needed for him. It's it, the Mets. They we we mentioned it. They're they're one of the hardest teams to talk about because they're they should be as good as the Nationals and the Braves and the Phillies, but they just don't play like a team. It seems like it is a it's the strangest team in baseball. I on paper their pieces are better than the whole. Well, let's talk about even t- today's game because I go through this list. And there's a lot of players. The averages are good offensively. Uh, every, things are good. Uh, Brandon Nimmo has always been an on-base machine uh, with it. Uh, 432 on-base percentage. He was over 400 uh, in his last uh, year or pretty close to it, so that makes sense. Jeff McNeil, uh, who is a uh, batting uh, title candidate uh, each year, batting 343 right now. Uh, you have uh, Michael Conforto, uh, 286 batting average, 405 on-base percentage. Robbie Cano, uh, 375 batting average. He's doing well. J.D. Davis is at 310. Uh, this list is, is very, very solid. Peter Alonzo is the one who's down right now. Uh, but again, the, the pieces, as we talk on paper, look good. But they can never put it together at the same time. There's always something that gets in the way for this team. It's a head-scratcher uh, that, that's hard to put a finger on on why you just are the only thing consistent about the Mets is their inconsistency. It's sad. What, what else you got on your uh, disappointing starts list here? Angels uh, on there with <sighs> uh, the three and six, uh, and uh, another team that we uh, had high hopes for. I had uh, you really, assuaded me in that direction. I, sh- I feel bad for you, man. <laughs> it's the pitch. It's another team. It's the pitching. They've scored forty nine runs. That's third most in the division. They've given up fifty six runs already. And their bullpen looks abysmal, too. Hansel Robles was terrible last night. Um, it, it's been rough, and Anthony Rendon's back now. So, you know, hope that helps. But Mike Trout's gone. That does certainly not going to help. That kind of is a, uh, a, a potentially an important piece, huh? Yeah. So, I, I really did have high ups for the Angels. It certainly has not started off good. Three, three and seven This is in that shortened season we talked about. That's the type of start that you can be – you got to play really well to recover from that, and there has not been a team in that division got too far ahead. It's the leaders five and four, so they're only you know two and a half back. It could still happen. They're going to play each other all the time, but they cannot keep playing like that, or it's going to get worse. And a, a team that is being pushed up against that for already at a uh, 
uh, a pivotal point. Like we just started the year. How can you be at a pivotal point? And yet every game matters this way. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they, this was a, uh, as much of a disappointing weekend as you could have in this season. You're playing Baltimore. Here's a chance where you need to bank wins and you get swept by Baltimore. Uh, their offense has not been clicking and they're, Again, another one where one will go well and then something else goes wrong. Uh, you you plug one hole, two more spring open. That's the way after starting out solid, a nice uh, series versus Atlanta. Uh, they started out well and then just uh, uh, have lost four or five straight now uh, very quickly. And those are the types of strings uh, of losses that you can't afford in this type of year. And, and here's what we're coming up to, and I'll talk about this more later, but next weekend you're playing the Yankees. Uh, and you're already creating distance with the Yankees being out to a fast start, and you're not. That gap is wide, and it is a chance to be a huge gap at the end of next weekend if they don't get their act together. Uh, you could have a already an insurmountable gap uh, where the division now is gone. Uh, now, with the extended playoffs uh, uh, spots being available, uh, you know playoffs are still well within reason. But man, is that a to have a division essentially gone within the first uh, three weeks of the year, not what you're looking for, obviously, and we're at that level. They, they've got to figure something out there. I, I've I've only watched one Rays game all year, and that was with you. But it, they looked pretty good that game, but I've seen some of these. I Obviously, I expected them to win at least two of three against Baltimore, and they came out, and Baltimore took it to them. So you, you got you to gotta figure it out on the run here because there's not a whole lot of time. And that's just it. They'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, there's still confidence in the team and confidence in the talent, but you can't afford in this year to dig a hole uh, because you'll, you'll never climb out of it. Uh, and so that's the, the challenge for the, the, the concerning teams. But let's talk about, uh, let's turn up the heat. Let's talk about players that have really shined uh, to begin this year. Uh, and I'm going to break, break it out there. I said the challenge is one positive on the Pittsburgh Pirates each week. Here's the positive. Colin Moran leads baseball with five home runs uh, to begin uh, to begin the year. So there's something positive I can say about the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'll take another player that he's tied with. He's no longer in the lead in that. He is now tied with Aaron Judge, who's went five home runs in five days for that first-place Yankees. The Yankees' offense looks on point. It's it's They're Aaron, healthy. Yeah, They're, Aaron healthy. Ju- they're a team that took advantage of the quarantine, right? Aaron Judge had the rib injury going on. Stanton had injuries. They look great. If they can get Paxton pitching well, it's 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 all pointing up for them. Uh, I'm gonna take another one right away here while you while you look at something. Paxton, uh, I'm gonna j- just jump in sure. on that because uh, his ERA is 13.5. Is he, he he pitched tonight, right? He pitched tonight. Only three innings, uh, seven hits, five runs. Uh, it's uh, he's the guy who I said was uh, Mr. Inconsistency. I see a sunny grade 2.0 with him, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to other positives though. Oh, let's do – got to talk about the Indians pitchers. We've avoided it till this point. They've got to come up here. I was – I kicked myself because I was unbelievably close to picking Shane Bieber to be my Cy Young Award, and I went with Mike Clevenger on the Indians, and it, it it's going to hurt me because Shane Bieber's setting records out here. At two starts, I believe he's at 27 strikeouts. 27 strikeouts. His FIP is negative. His FIP is negative. That is – Wow. Uh, right now, 50 batters, 27 strikeouts, one walk, a negative FIP as he is not allowed to run. It is an incredible start. And I could talk about Shane Bieber all night. Mike Clevenger had a 
rough start the other day, not a bad start, but not as good as I expected from him. And but it's been everybody. It's been more than that. It's been Aaron Savale. It's been Adam Plutko. It's been Zach Plesac. These were the ones that we didn't know what to expect from them, and they have come out just on point. Those are what I called quote the other Cleveland starters. Through three games, those guys had 19 innings of 30 strikeouts with two walks. It's Cleveland develops these pitchers, and they've got a system here, and it's working. Shane Bieber, 14 scoreless innings. He has not given up a run yet. The K uh, per nine innings, 17.4. Uh, it is just uh, an there's excellent one. That's two- one against. Okay, we can say that one was against the Royals. The other one was against the Twins. Yes. That's impressive. Uh, there's and Carlos Carrasco has come back very well with uh, with them. Two quality starts to begin the year. Twelve innings, eleven hits, uh, fifteen strikeouts, ERA of three point seven five. He has been uh, good as as well. But so, uh, yeah, Shane Bieber definitely uh, on on fire to begin the year. So they're off. They've given up twenty five runs. They have only scored twenty six. Somehow that team is five and five with that pitching staff. How you're? It's uh. It's just such a challenge uh, with with that team with the, with the, and they the type just of talent got they have. Wept by Minnesota. That's that's rough. They're going to need to do early season that. statement uh, by the yeah. Minnesota Twins as they uh, and yeah, l- let me talk about that because I didn't talk too much about the Twins with the hot start. Uh, not only are the Twins winning, but they're sending early season messages. The White Sox, like you're not at our league uh-huh. yet. They blew them out, mm-hmm. and that was you're not in our league yet. And then the Indians, the other team with that pitching there. You come through and, and knock them through this weekend. Minnesota early season uh, establishing dominance in that division and making the statement and doing it well. Uh, the other pitcher I wanted to highlight was Lance Lynn, uh, also mm-hmm. scoreless uh, to begin the year. Uh, some of those unsung Texas Ranger pitchers, we talked about uh, probably the most underrated pitching rotation in baseball with Texas, and Lance Lynn is a big part of that. Uh, free agents, I wanted to grab one more name, uh, and that's... Uh, uh, a guy who's lived up to his contract so far, Nicholas Castellanos, has been as good as advertised with the Reds. Oh, if we're talking hitters, I got to talk about Corey Seager, another Dodgers player in here. But the dude is barreling up everything. The exit velocity through the roof. Uh, I saw before, first in baseball in exit velocity. And, and I saw before going in today, he had more barrels. Which barrels is a stat that's another advanced stat, which essentially just means he's hitting the ball hard right in the middle of the barrel. He had more barrels than even the Twins as a team. So he had more than any team did by himself, and uh, that's something else. He was – I saw a couple doubles the other day against Colorado that he was hitting like 120 miles an hour. That's insane. Essentially what that tells you is how locked in is a hitter. When you're always putting the barrel to the ball, not just the bat to the ball, but the barrel to the ball, that tells you how locked in you are at the plate, and no one is more locked in at the plate right now than Corey Seager. Well, there's that guy that you sent me a message about who's got who's leading baseball in hits with his 730 BABIP, you know I mention that one or, yeah, sure. The uh, uh, he's the uns an unsung guy who's having a, an excellent start to to kick things off. I mentioned Kyle Lewis. I mentioned yeah, Kyle Seattle, Lewis a couple weeks Seattle ago. Seattle Mariners. He's yeah. uh, you mentioned as one of the bright spots for the the Mariner team, and he has definitely been that to begin he, the year. He's leading baseball and hitting right now. Sixteen hits and thirty six at bats. But as I pointed out to you, he's got like a seven thirty three BABIP. So. You know, that'll probably cut in half, and uh, he'll, he'll still be okay. He's looked really good. He's barreled it up, but he's not going to leave baseball hitting. I do not believe he's going to be the one that hits over 400 in this shortened season. We'll see who – if there, there might be someone. If it's someone – right now, I would put my money on Corey Seager, actually. But uh, we'll see. They gave him an off day today, so uh, uh, the, the uh, other pitchers uh, say thank you. Uh, 
But that's who I have for uh, for individual players. Is there anyone else on your list? Uh, I had Mike Ostremski as my last one. Mike Ostremski yeah. started off really good. The Giants have been surprisingly capable. Mike Ostremski's got 12 hits and 30 at-bats already, and he's got a couple of home runs, three doubles, and a triple already, and he's drawn 11 walks. So his on-base percentage right now is 561. Uh, that's I believe that's tops in baseball right now. So we talked about Yastrzemski actually on our GOAT podcast, more talking about his grandpa, but Yastrzemski's come out and he was kind of an old rookie last year, 28, but put together a nice little year, 270 with 20 home runs, and he's come out and making it look like maybe he was just a late bloomer. It's nice to see guys who are, uh, despite the, the name unheralded, uh, just not given a lot of uh, opportunities early on. Uh, and finally getting his shot, and he is running with it, and that's uh, always uh, uh, great to see. I suppose the last name, for those that are fantasy baseball uh, folks and guys you might target uh, within this, there's always certain stats that you hear or certain numbers that you hear that you file away, and then you see what you can do to to get them on your team. Uh, Jose Barrios is already a well-known name, a solid, uh, very good pitcher uh, with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, but he has already come out with a with pitchers who've already struggled to get their uh, their arms up to speed. Uh, you have, uh, for example, Charlie Morton has been his fastball velocity has been down early on. Uh, Jose Barrios is the exact opposite. He's at a career high ninety four point six miles per hour on his fastball, and the reason why that matters is when you have a young pitcher who's just really getting going. When you see those type of numbers, you see a, a pitcher who's coming fully into his prime athletically. Uh, and so when I hear a number like that, he's a guy that I would be trying to target and trade to get on my team. When you mentioned fantasy baseball, I figured I'd check my team here. Uh, update, on, update on Corey's fantasy team. Uh, winning 7-5, to five, so way to go, Corey. I'm pretty proud because that's, that's with icy cold players like Cody Bellinger and Jose Altuve on there. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. There you go. It's all about surviving the beginning of the that's year right. for major league teams as well as your fantasy right. team. Uh, so we've uh, uh, reached the end of the uh, the podcast for things that we're going to cover this week. The only thing that we're going to leave you with is uh, I had a chance to take a peek at the upcoming week. Again, we mentioned, and the one thing I got right uh, was that was the matchup to watch last week, Dodgers-Astros, yes, it uh, and was. was one of the biggest storylines of yes, the it week. Was. We have an interesting pitching matchup this week, Cleveland versus Cincinnati. Ooh, uh, so nice. And then there's uh, one uh, uh, one major uh, pitching matchup that's going to come from that on Wednesday, Luis Castillo versus Mike Clevenger. Uh, so there's a, a nice pitching matchup to see uh, this week for two teams that uh, have uh, rising uh, pitching staffs. And the, one of those two teams, the pitching staffs is what we talked about, and they've both come out and not taken advantage of their pitching, right? So, absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati's below 500, and Cleveland is 500, so one of them's going to have to win some games here. And the, the last uh, matchup of the week that uh, works well because there's going to be some pressure on that matchup New York Yankees versus Tampa Bay Rays this upcoming weekend, Friday to Sunday. Uh, some excellent pitching matchups to go with that. James Paxton versus Blake Snell, inconsistent lefties with a lot of talent. And then you have uh, a rematch. Uh, Garrett Cole versus Tyler Glasnow uh, Ooh, is on Saturday. Battle of those Pirates. Oh, wait. No, not happening. Uh, what could have been? I, See, I, I, I said I, a good thing I, about we already had the one previous positive. Pirates. Uh Young pitching matchup. Just uh, there's two more pitching matchups I wanted to highlight for this week that are unrelated to the the, the full matchups uh, of teams. Individual pitching matchups that are going to be fun this week. Dustin May versus uh, Dinelson Lamette. 
uh, young pitching matchup. Uh, I like there. that team matchup though too. I still think yeah. the the Dodgers have been awesome. The Dodgers, we everybody expected the Dodgers to be awesome. They'll be awesome. I'm telling you, I said I'm not uh, the Padres. Just watch the Padres play. I texted you last week. The Padres are my favorite team just to watch play. Fernando, we didn't mention Fernando Tatis. He's looked like the next coming. Like he looks so good out there. It's fun to watch the Padres play baseball. And if you miss that matchup on Tuesday, the following Monday, it's the same pitching matchup when they go back against each other. Uh, but if you want to see uh, Jacob deGrom uh, uh, pitch well and get another non-win, uh, he's going up against Mike Soroka and the uh, Atlanta Braves on Monday. Uh, so another nice pitching matchup uh, for the upcoming week. I believe we both took the over on six wins. Uh, I might have to switch that because, as usual, they take advantage. They find a way to waste his amazing starts. Uh, I, I will be impressed if he manages a third consecutive Cy Young despite getting uh, not getting some of those other uh, classic statistics. And you mentioned Jesus Lazardo. Uh, he's going up against Lance Lynn uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so he's making his first start against a guy who hasn't given up a run yet. Uh, so there's your uh, uh, pitching matchups of the week, your uh, major uh, uh, teams going up against each other. Uh, for this up- upcoming week, and I fully expect uh, Yankees Rays to be a major storyline one way or another uh, with that. So I think that's where I'm putting it, not only for personal preference, uh, but I'm very nervous about that matchup right now anyways because the Yankees bats have been so good. Yes, they, uh, and, are they winning? Uh, are they winning right now? Hopefully Aaron Judge is, uh, won't have more consecutive games with home runs by that point. Hopefully he tapers off a little bit. Uh, it is definitely an offensive matchup, Boston versus New York. Boston leads 7-6 to six in the bottom of the seventh of that game that's going on and ending on Sunday night baseball. Well, so, Last note here. Uh, have you watched Boston play baseball yet this year at all? I, I'm fortunate to say no. That We talked about how bad their pitching is. It's worse than I thought. Like, you know, we talked about Edward Rodriguez's heart, head th- heart thing, but... Boston's pitching, they, they could legitimately end up with the worst record in that division. Baltimore's already improved, sh- showing that they're possibly better than Boston because their pitching is, wow, is it bad. The only positive right now is Xander Bogarts has two home runs in this game. He's three for three, three RBI, three runs, 313 batting average, and 353 on base percentage. A three is somewhere involved uh, across the board there. So we'll see if he's got another one in him before the end of this game as well. Uh, so that'll do it for the Heater Podcast. Uh, he's Corey Peeper. I'm Dan Lewig. Uh, feel free to uh, share with uh, anyone uh, to check out and subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast platform to come uh, listen to the Heater Podcast as we keep you uh, attuned to all the latest uh, happenings in baseball uh, throughout this uh, uh, throughout this season. So take care, everyone, and we will see you next week. 